Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello, and welcome to Women and Manufacturing. I'm Lydia DiLiello, the CEO and founder of Capital Pricing Consultants, a revenue management consultancy. And today I have the pleasure of hosting Women in Manufacturing. And my special guest is Melody Miller of Beacon Medeus, which is part of Atlas Co. Group. And we are going to talk about her passion for manufacturing today, a subject that is near and dear to all of our hearts. Melody, welcome. Thanks, Lydia, for having us today. And I really appreciate this opportunity to be able to speak about what manufacturing means to me on an individual basis and then for our group. And then also, I think the greater community in the world and what manufacturing can do and our impact in the world. Well, that's a wonderful way to start, Melody. So why don't you take us through that? What does manufacturing mean to you? Ah, what a great question. You know, I could give you a lot of different answers here, but I think for me, what manufacturing means is it is an opportunity for us to first start at the design process, to innovate with new products that can bring value to the company, value to the employees, and value to our world. What do I mean by that? We manufacture products such as air compressors that are used by the pharma companies. So over the last couple of years here, we all saw how important pharmaceutical manufacturing is. Well, we build and manufacture different products that help those companies be able to produce products that are life-saving drugs for people. We also hear Beacon Medeus being part of the Atlas Copco group. We're a medical company. And what we do is we manufacture medical air, medical vacuum systems, medical gas outlets. So we all saw the pictures around the world again about people in ventilators and needing that high flow oxygen for treatments. And that's what we do. And for our people, it gives them such a sense of purpose to see Mm -hmm. that here is a product that we design. It's being used in the world and it's bringing value to the world. I think one other thing in manufacturing that a lot of people don't think about is sustainability. Mm -hmm. And manufacturing, whenever we design products, we think about how can we be conscious about energy use and how can we reduce energy use of our products? We also think about even our packaging. We use sustainable packaging so that we can reduce our environmental impact. You know, that's fascinating, Melody, because so many companies really only think about what's the product I'm building and then what's that impact on my end customer. But they don't think about the environmental impact, the global impact and how a product could help the world. And while the pandemic was tragic for all of us, it had to be very gratifying and fulfilling for you and for your team to be able to actually see that the products that you were making were saving lives. And that had to be quite a feeling. Absolutely. I I think that sometimes what's most gratifying for me is the stories that come back from our people. Even one of our people, they just recently had a child and he had to stay in a neonatal intensive care unit. And we were sent pictures and a little story from the mother, she looked over and she saw that it was Beacon Medeus outlets on the wall. And she 
said, I feel safe now because I know it's our products and stuff. And that, that's what you want. You want your people to just have a sense of pride in what they do. And it's not just Beacon Day, it's Atlas Copco is a very diverse group. And we're also in manufacturing of vacuum systems. One of our companies, Edwards Vacuum, they're in semiconductor. The whole world is talking about chips right now. And what we do is build the vacuum systems that are used by semicon companies to make these chipsets. So, of course, you know, it's just in manufacturing, you are so integral to so many other organizations in the world. And I think that's what's really exciting about manufacturing in general. Now, let's talk a little bit, Melody, about the gap that exists, because when you and I were just kind of preparing a little bit together, you really caught my interest when you were talking about what percentage manufacturing represents the world's economy, so to speak, and the gap that exists with the generation coming behind us. So if you would talk a little bit about that. Sure. If I was to talk just pick one country, pick the United States. Manufacturing is over 11% of the economy in the U.S. alone. In manufacturing, many people, they picture there's a person that is building a product on a production line, but there is so much more that goes into that. I mean, we have engineers that are designing it. We have people that are planning, scheduling, producing. There are methods engineers that are looking at how can we do things better. All of these skill sets can be and are very technical. And so what we have seen, I would say, over the last generation, maybe even two generations, is there has been less focus on technical skill building in our younger people, in the junior high, the high school level, long before they get to university. And so what we've been really trying to do is go in and speak to high school students, expose them to the opportunities in manufacturing. One example is this week on Thursday, we'll be talking to a local group. It's called the Teen Science Cafe. It's about technology, engineering, the STEM program. But it gives us really this opportunity to build relationships with students and show them just what the potential is inside of the Atlas Copco group, that it's not just local, we're a global company, we're in countries all over the world. And so it's not just an opportunity to learn one type of business, it's an opportunity to learn many types of business, and to work in a very diverse culture. So, you know, the opportunities in manufacturing, we need to have the younger generation be exposed at a young age to see, I don't just need to go off and get management training. I need to go get a skill that I understand how mechanical operations are. I understand electrical components. There's just so many different opportunities. And if I could show this video to every student in high school, I would. (laughs) Well, we're going to try to help with that requirement if we can, Melody, because to me, the fact that you are actively taking your programs to the junior highs and the high schools, I think is incredible because so often, right, so many of us, we went to college and we got out of college and we said, okay, now what am I going to do? Well, what's the first job that comes along and does it have anything to do with what I studied? Maybe not, but it's a job, so let me take it. And so I think this 
it does so many things, one of which is it sparks that interest and shows young people what they can do with a variety of skill sets and that manufacturing isn't that mentality of a assembly line and fixed hours and no flexibility and no thought and no constant creativity. So I think what you're doing is marvelous because getting them interested and giving them visibility to Atlas Copco Group to see a global organization and how so many different skills can be used has to get them excited and get them thinking about opportunities. Certainly hope so. (laughs) Well, we hope that we can help get that message out. So viewers, think about that because we've not ever covered that topic before, but how do we engage young people? How do we get it interesting again to be in manufacturing and dare I say, make it sexy again? Because you know, all that, the glimmers and all the glam is what kind of catches the eye. And it's a critical part of our economy, Melody, as you said. Now, it's clear you have a passion for this. And so it sounds like education is one of your passion points. Is that right? You would absolutely be correct. I actually took a couple years off of what I would call corporate world to start Mm -hmm. actually a private school. I believe we should be lifelong learners. Mm -hmm. And the younger that we can reach children and really get them into that lifelong learning mentality just the more opportunities for them personally, but also for us as a society. And, you know, I believe a well-educated mind that the opportunities are limitless and everybody should have that opportunity towards education and stuff. And so inside of Atlas Copco, I'll switch a little bit to inside the group here. We have what we called basically a lifelong learning and a never stop learning community. So we had even a week last year where the entire group around the world, it was never stop learning week. And so we had so many different online trainings. We had conversations just like you and I are having, Lydia, where we had general managers, presidents, different people from around the world, just sitting around and taking questions from different work colleagues and answering their questions just to also hopefully promote from within our people to continue to learn on a daily basis, but then also to see the wider opportunities that are around the world for them, even inside of our own group. But that's a tremendous opportunity for colleagues and for employees to be able to really have access to senior management like yourself and ask those questions of, but why does it work this way? Or why did we choose to do the following three things? But to actually get that kind of dialogue and input back, I think when a company messages and then follows through with action and clearly a week devoted to continuous learning, there's proof in that. It's not just a mantra, but that follow through tells people you're really serious. And I think that's remarkable in a great way to continue to encourage your own employee base, constantly learn, learn more about the whole group and opportunities therein as well. Since you took the time to found a school, which I think is remarkable, lower grades, I assume, or high school? Yeah, it's actually K through 12. I personally am passionate about reaching out to younger students, but I can tell you that it's just part of who we are inside of the Atlas Copco group. I can tell you stories around the world of our colleagues in Germany and things they have done with younger students. 
we walk the talk. I'll just say that. We believe in education. We actually have a whole learning platform that has well over 14,000 different trainings that our employees can take. We also have some employees that, of course, take night classes. And that's something we also sponsor with inside of the group also. So we think about education of our employees, but we also think about education of our customers. I think that a customer who is able to learn more about, let's talk about variable speed technology, where it's a way of controlling a rotating piece of equipment that reduces the cost of energy. So we educate our customers about, well, what does VFD technology do for you? How does it impact your own manufacturing lines or the products that you're bringing forward? But also, how does it reduce and help you save on energy costs? So education should just be part of what we do on a daily basis. That really resonates with me because I, so I grew up in manufacturing as well. And I so often saw the mindset 20, 25 years ago was, we do it this way because we've done it this way. There wasn't the education piece. And I think that's so critically important because I believe all of us are missing a key opportunity. If we're not educating our customers about what we can do for them, how our product helps them, how they can get betterment and better usability out of that product. We're missing so much. Answering that one question of they have a specific need and we fill it. Okay, that's a start. But then certainly, where do we move beyond that? And so you make a wonderful point about that should just be part of our continuous improvement is the education of our customers. I hope our listeners are queuing into to your words of wisdom here because I think you can generate not only a great deal more business, but it's just better for your employees, for the customers with that symbiotic relationship. Again, like you said, you can produce a product, you can sell a product, but what we strive to do is sell solutions, not the product. It's also understanding what are the customer's pain points, mm-hmm. making sure that the products that we're designing mm-hmm bring value to the customer and reduce those pain points or eliminate, of course, we'd like to eliminate them. But that's, again, why it's so important for us to be also educated by our customer. So if you're not listening to the voice of the customer, you also begin designing in a vacuum, so to speak, and then you produce a product that maybe is not really what the market needs. And so it needs to be that continual feedback loop And that continual learning from the customer also for us to learn from them and what they're doing, what changes are coming up. Because we need to be five, 10 years ahead of what the customer needs to make sure we're bringing the right products forward. I think so many of us fall into the trap of dealing with today's needs and emergencies and fires and forgetting that that long-term planning really is critical and is part of, we need to make it part of our culture and part of of the fabric of the company, because when we ignore that part, we get three or four years down the road and find out we're not prepared for the changes in the market and we're falling behind. And so I think that that's another really critical point that you're bringing up and a a wonderful tribute to Beacon Medeas, because obviously when the need arose, you guys were already ready. You were there, your companies that were working, your customers that were working with you knew you had the support for them. So it all came together. 
Absolutely. It was definitely a trying time for the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have countries that are still what I would call in the thick of the fight with this pandemic. And so being a global organization, again, affords us the opportunity to bring our products forward, but it also affords us the opportunity to see how in different countries where they are today, and we can pretty much foresee a bit where they're going to be in 10 to 15 years if they're a developing country versus a country that we would say is fully developed and stuff at this point in time. And so it also allows us to see how we can take current products and make them change those products to meet where that customer is today, and then hopefully bring them forward to where we can bring them to in the future. So you always have to be thinking both forward and then also when you're global, you have to be looking at your local customers and stuff. And we call it a bit local for local, making sure that we can provide a product that is fits the needs of that local customer, not just the greater global customer. In some aspects, Melanie, it's really a 360 degree view of business because everyone is from a global standpoint on a different timeline in their development. As I hear you talking, I'm thinking about those companies who are, as you say, just right in the middle of fighting that pandemic right now, and their needs are very different than those who have emerged and whether they're a fully developed country or depending upon the challenges they have, those needs are quite different. And so how you are assessing them and meeting those needs has to be different country by country. It is. And, it, and it's not just the pandemic. I mean, really, Atlas Copco, we talk about agility. And agility does mean that you can be able to take a product that you've, say, manufactured for a specific application, you see this new application, you say, ah, we can make a slight modification and meet that customer's needs also. So yes, in the pandemic, we've had to be very agile, but it really applies just across the board, you know, whether it's in gas and process or whether it's in the tools, we also have a lot of tools companies. And so with our tools, if you don't mind, I'm going to flip over a bit to, you know, digital transformation. Yes, please. Side of manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's just so much opportunity out there. and What we can do in traditional manufacturing today by introducing digital transformation. You know, a lot of people, when they think about it, they think about the Internet. Um, But it's so much more than that. A lot of our tools now our smart tools. So we can connect an entire factory and they can monitor those tools and be able to see if the torque wasn't right on a specific product, meaning that we catch the quality issue before it ever leaves the door of the manufacturing plant. Ideally, that's what we want to be able to do for all of our customers to be able to ensure, you know, that our quality that there's been a 100% inspection. And so with digital transformation, we're able to do so much more. We have another company, Isravision. And what they really use is they use smart cameras that use pictures of products as they're being manufactured. And they can catch issues in the product long before the human eye does. And so it's really quite interesting how 
we can combine both our employees on the line and this technology to improve the overall product. That's just one way that we're transforming the industry digitally, I would say. What is particularly interesting about that is, you know, when you were talking about getting young people engaged, certainly digital is very interesting to any young person. And so pulling them in through that whole digital process and seeing the outcomes of that, to your point regarding quality, and the repercussions are tremendous. You don't expose customers to bad product. You don't have issues relative to large amounts of quarantined product because you're catching it in hours rather than in days or weeks. And so huge opportunities there. And it'll be exciting to see what other developments come through all of that digital process. And I would think, especially as president of Beacon Medeus, it has to be comforting to you to know that you have systems in place that are going to give you information at real time, rather than you're asking for a report or waiting for a report back, wondering how far out of tolerance did we get by the time you're aware of it? You know, I think that's a interesting subject that you bring up there about real time. You know, something that Beacon Medeus and the Atlas Copco Group has been working on is a lot of the rotating equipment, whether it's air systems, vacuum systems, and medical equipment that we sell. We actually have smart link technology embedded in them. And this technology reports back to us and to our customers in real time if there are any issues that we're beginning to see in the machine. So we use some machine learning to be able to proactively work on the machine instead of reactive. And the difference for a customer, let's say for a hospital, you can't go down. These are life-saving equipment. These are medical air systems and you can't go down. And so to be able to monitor that equipment and start seeing signals that are precursors to a potential event and be able to then make the repair ahead of time before it actually happens, that makes a difference. Makes a difference for our manufacturing (laughs) around the world that instead of the line going down, we all know in manufacturing, the line cannot go down. Absolutely. So again, it's as we make our machines smarter, And then we start using that data that we're getting back on it. We can help our customers around the world improve their uptime on their manufacturing lines. Well, Melody, you have given us so many wonderful suggestions for our viewers and our listeners today of of ways to think about the future, about bringing in young people. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us as we kind of close out here? One other thing that I think we have a strong focus on inside of our group is diversity and inclusion. Some people think they hear it as a buzzword, but they don't think about the relevance of diversity and inclusion. And and we believe that the more diverse and inclusive our teams are, the stronger they are, the more innovative they are. And we get that diversity of thought. And so That's something else that, you know, I can say that being a company that's located in Europe, in Southeast Asia, in North America, South America, we're diverse in culture, but we're just also diverse in our thought. And again, it allows us, I think, to be more innovative 
and more have more productive teams. But I would like to say thank you, Lydia, for the opportunity to talk to you today about Beacomideus and the Atlas Copco Group and manufacturing and the importance that manufacturing has for everybody around the world. Well, Melody, it has been such a pleasure to have you on Women and Manufacturing. And for our viewers, as you know, the Women in Manufacturing is only one of several different offerings that we have for you. So please stay tuned for additional broadcasts we have, including Manufacturing Talk Radio, Manufacturing Matters, and Hazard Girls as well. We look forward to another broadcast coming up soon. And thank you again, Melody Miller from Beacon Medeus. Thanks, Lydia. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.